Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about upcoming events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. Well, good morning and welcome to the podcast. And I am thrilled to have a guest with me this morning, Mr. Josh Weingarner. And he is just such a valuable and important part of our community. Um, And I cannot wait for you to hear from him. He is in a runoff for the 13th district for a congressional seat. Yes, Mac Thornberry's seat. Uh, Mac Thornberry has endorsed you. Correct. Well, he and uh, his wife, Sally, are voting for me. Yes, yes, very good. I love Mac, and we're thankful for him, but I'm excited for opportunities for uh, someone to step in with some new vision and energy. So uh, welcome, and thanks for taking time to come and visit with us. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, I gave you kind of the the questions I was thinking about, so we're just going to jump right in. I would just like for you to share, what would you like for voters to know about you that maybe we don't know? Well, I, I think first and foremost, I'm one of you. Uh, I was born and raised in the Panhandle from Spearman originally. I grew up there, uh, and then for the last 14 years, my wife and I have been living in, in Randall County. Uh, we live south of Canyon. We have two children. Uh, today's actually my son's 10th birthday. Oh, happy uh, birthday. So we now, we, now we get to figure out how to do a birthday party in, in the age of <laughs> with coronavirus with no friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Via Zoom. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, uh, we're, we're part of the community. Uh, attend Hillside uh, Christian Church in, in Canyon. Uh, very involved in the community. My wife's actually on the Canyon School Board. Uh, so I'm just, I'm, I'm part of the community and, and want to be Part of the community continue to be and can continue to be somebody that's working on behalf of my my friends and neighbors and doing what I can to, to help. Very good. What made you decide to get into the race? So this is a this is a this really gets into one of the questions you were you were going to ask later on 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 kind of uh, where I sharing my testimony. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to skip ahead to answer the question this way. Okay. Um, so I was approached. Uh, about running by some people that I highly respect. Uh, I'd actually ask them if they were interested, and they said no. Uh, and they said, but we think you should. And I was very reluctant uh, because it, it's just never something I've really thought about doing. And uh, when, 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 when I got that, that question, that, that when I was approached about doing it, my wife and I talked a lot. We prayed a lot. Asked God, you know, if this is what you want, tell us. And then about two weeks later at church, um, the message that day was, as the steward of God's gifts, it's your obligation to use them to benefit him, to honor him, and help others. And I thought, wow, that was, that was... Might have been for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, kept praying on it, you know. And then I got real, I'm um, getting kind of chills talking about it now, but got uh, got to the point to where I was... Is this really God talking to me, or is this my ego pretending that it's God talking to me? And you know, is it is it the devil trying to make me think that I'm doing something when it's really for Him Himself? So I kept praying about that. Show me, is it an open door? If it's not the right thing you want me to do, close this door, please. You know, just give me guidance. The next next week at church, same thing. That message came up again. And had those same conversations. And then the third week, 
uh, after, you know, I'd prayed a lot about, you know, is this really right? That message was, when I tell you to do something, do it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's when I made the decision to run. Because oh, wow. I do think I have a skill set. I mean, God has provided me with a great, great upbringing, raised here in the Panhandle, to the point to where I know the culture, the values. I I understand the issues, and I have a background working in policy issues from my time in Washington, working for Senator Cornyn and, and Senator Graham. And then also working for the Texas cattle feeders for the last 14 years. Oh, yeah. So I have a background in policy, but I also, I understand our community, uh, and I'm part of the community, and, and I think I have been given some gifts, some opportunities that it's time for me to give back. Awesome. Well, that was one of my questions, too, is what are some specific characteristics uh, that make you the best person to represent our district? I didn't know that you had worked for Cornyn and... Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. I, I started out started out right out of, well, I graduated from McMurray University, went over to Hardin Simmons for a year, and figured out I didn't need a PhD. I needed a J-O-B. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I, uh, I had this opportunity to, to, you know, I consider it my graduate school. I had the opportunity to, to go up to D.C., didn't know a soul. Just this was, the, you know, I think I found an apartment. This was right when online realty stuff started. Yeah. So I found an apartment that was way too expensive. Had two suitcases, didn't know a soul, and started working a job where I was living below the poverty level. <laughs> and uh, But it was in constituent service. So I, I was in charge of, of answering phones, reading constituent mail, answering the questions that people had. Gave me a good opportunity to learn about what people actually are asking when they call their, their member of Congress. Oh, yeah. Um, know what their concerns are. And I mean, this probably won't surprise your listeners, but they weren't asking for really anything. They were just, get off my back. Yeah. <laughs> you need yeah. to let me live my life, yeah, do my stay job. Out. Yeah. So I did that for a few years, uh, moved up in the office. And then when Senator Graham retired, Senator Cornyn hired me to come over and run his, uh, kind of put together his, his front office staff, his constituent services staff. Did that for a few years and then moved from pol into the policy realm. I actually took a pay cut to go do policy because it was just something that I really wanted to work on. So I specialize in agriculture, trade, and small business issues. Okay. And uh, dealt a lot with the, the the farmers, ranchers, the small business owners, restaurateurs that, that live in, in Texas. Uh, a lot of them who live here in the 13th district. So mm -hmm. got very familiar with issues that, that are important and impactful in, in this district. And uh, then in 2006, was approached by the Texas cattle feeders to move back to Amarillo um, and work for them doing the same thing. Wow. That is so great to know. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. That is great. Um, Something that's pretty important around here, being that we are Hope Choice, and uh, what we do is 100% we're committed to sharing the gospel with people, and 100% we believe in the value of life, whether that is when a woman finds out she's pregnant or that is a teenager that is making risky and poor choices. We want people to experience life to the full like uh, the word expresses. So can you tell me first, I, I know the answer to this, but are you pro-life and how do you live that out both personally and politically? 
Sure, and, and yes, I, I am pro-life. I believe that all life is precious, and it's a precious gift from God that we have to protect. And from a from a personal standpoint, uh, I mean, supporting that cause through our church, through Hillside, um, through contributions to Hope Choice. Mm-hmm. Thank you again for inviting us to the banquet. That was a powerful experience. Uh, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed that, and just it was it very moving. Uh, and then through you know beyond that stage to um, helping out with Compassion International and mm-hmm. Snack Pack for Kids, things that help young people continue to to live, strive, and help those young families that, are, that may be, I mean, families with young kids that may be struggling. So yes. uh, having, uh, continuing that, that contribution, uh, both on a uh, financial side, but also with your time and your yes. effort. Yes, uh, very good. So that, and then on a political, the political front, I mean, obviously supporting uh, pro-life judges so that we can overturn Roe v. Wade eventually. Um, I hope sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. I think with our president now, President Trump has been probably one of the the most pro-life presidents oh, of yeah. our lifetime. Yeah. And, and we'll continue that. And you know, helping him to get those those judges appointed mm-hmm. um, is something that I want to want to really continue to work on. Um, and then, you know, stopping, uh, you know, continuing to prevent federal funding for abortions, mm-hmm. uh, defunding Planned Parenthood. Uh, even if they're not using federal funds for abortions, it's it's being used to supplement other services so that they can continue the to to do what they really want to do. Exactly. Uh, and then, uh, and I'm sure there are other examples of that too, not just with that one one group. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, to really get some action moving on bills to end partial birth abortions and born alive abortions. I mean, it's, it's, I think that's, it's ridiculous. It it hurts my heart that we're even, that our country even allows something like that. Oh yeah. Um, It's, it's mind boggling that anyone would stand for that. So I am 100% with you. Something that always sort of amazes me is, um, we obviously are a pregnancy center. Uh, we see a lot of clients every month and we don't, only offer a pregnancy test, but we offer an ultrasound and we then do classes to prepare you to be a parent. Um, we do parenting classes. We offer you benevolence items. All of our services are free to a client and we don't take any government dollars. So on the pro-life side of this issue, we gain nothing right. if you choose life for your baby. On the pro-choice side, there's a lot of people making a lot of money if you choose to abort. And that in itself, to me, clouds their perception on what is right and wrong. And so I just appreciate so much everything that you said there and just want to validate how important that is uh, to so many people, that you be strong in in that uh, vein and all the way, life from birth to the end, and I appreciate very much your stance on all of that. And, and I do think we need to, and I know it, it's not for everybody. You've made a choice not to take federal funds, mm-hmm. and, and I, I understand that completely, but there may be other instances where we need to augment federal funds for pro-life education, for mm-hmm. adoption services. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I have an aunt that was adopted, and she talks about it. I mean, she's got a powerful story about uh, just the fact that 
she she's adopted and uh, she's now a mother of of two and and a wife and a daughter and it's just a, a powerful message that and she's very uh, open about it mm-hmm. talks about it telling people adoption is is great and, oh, and it yeah. is and there are a lot of young couples out there that are and, and even some middle-aged couples that are still struggling to to conceive and there are babies that need a home home. yes that's right you're very right okay so what do you think are the three biggest issues facing the texas panhandle and any thoughts on how you might address some of those sure so obviously with what's going on today i think the top concern is the covid19 outbreak and the economic impact it's having on our our district oh yeah uh, in, in the panhandle specifically um so w- we need to continue to follow the president's guidance we need to flatten the curve engage in social distancing so we can keep from overwhelming our healthcare system and then we've got to really continue to, to work you know to, to try to help out the individuals and the small business owners that are struggling economically right now mm-hmm. i mean I, I hate that that um, this most recent package was as expensive as it was, but at the same time, um, the impact is the impact that based off of governmental action. Mm-hmm. So people are struggling because of restrictions that the government has put in place. Exactly. So while the disease is the cause, the government's remedy for the disease is causing much of this economic downturn. And I think we also have an obligation to help make sure that we can get our economy back on track. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I would say that traditionally I'm a very fiscally conservative person, but in this is, instance, it's it's something that we have to deal with um, because the ramifications of doing nothing would be significant. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, encouraging, continuing to encourage people to um, utilize, you know, our restaurants. Uh, I, th- I think that... Uh, you know, they, they have gone above and beyond. They're trying to keep their doors open, trying to keep their wait staff employed. I know several of them that have said, we're no longer taking our salaries. We're actually losing money. Mm-hmm. But we, we feel obligated to our employees and to our, our, our uh, consumers. So oh, gosh. we to keep this up. And, and I think that's great. We've seen a, there's a lot of bad about what's going on. But there's so much good right now, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and if you let me deviate just a little sure. bit to kind of mention that, because I think that, um, you know, I think we see our community coming together to help one another out. As I mentioned before, we kind of came on air. Part of the campaign, my campaign, is transitioning, transitioning to how can we use the resources that we have, both volunteers and others, to um, make sure that our people are taken care of during this time, that if, if we can be a resource, point people in the right direction. If we can help them, uh, if they need need somebody to go pick up some food from the food bank or the grocery store or what have you, that we can we can facilitate those needs. So yeah, and really looking out for some of our older constituents in this district, um, those that that may not be uh, able to get out on their own or shouldn't get out. Exactly. So exactly. That's uh, th- that's one thing we're trying to do, but from a from a bright spot thing, I, I'm really, I mean, one from a specific issue for, for you. I mean, the fact that uh, that the governor 
uh, made the declaration that abortions were not essential medical service. I mean, yes, you know, praise we, Jesus. Yes, I mean, <laughs> that's so, right. So, I mean, that is uh, that, that's huge. The, I think another one is that my Facebook feed, I don't know about yours, mm. is full of people encouraging others to yes. go to, to go online and watch a church service. Yes, I mean, I hate the fact that we're not having church together in one building, but the church, our church with the big C, oh, yeah, is uh, is is really building, I think. Oh, yeah, where where some are less comfortable about just approaching somebody and say, Hey, do you want to come to church with me? Um, you through social media, I think that they're. They're putting their church services out there. They're encouraging people to watch. So I, I, I'm really hoping that, that this is one of those unintended benefits of this crisis where we're getting more people to watch and to to uh, uh, receive the word. Well, I saw a statistic, and this absolutely blew my mind, but it basically said that in a season, there were 60-something million people that tune in to NHL, NBA, and NFL. And in one Sunday, it was last Sunday, 80-something million people watched a, a church service. And this is an incredible right. opportunity oh, for the right. gospel to be shared and for the church to show who it is that we're called to be exactly. and do exactly what you're doing, which is go out and serve right. and help where you can. And so I, I agree. I see such uh, encouraging things of the Texas panhandle right. people being who they are, Americans, mm -hmm. you know, being who we are, um, and then just praying for you right. as a leader and President Trump and our mayors, right. our governors, everyone making these very difficult decisions. But uh, I agree that is a big concern, and we, we need to just ask for wisdom on how to... Exactly approach all of it what else besides COVID-19 uh, well and I, I think another one of the bright spots and this will get me into my, my one of my other top issues is that we've seen a relaxing of a lot of the unnecessary and burdensome regulations on, on businesses and I think that is a, another that's something I've been talking about throughout the campaign that it, we really need to work on because that's just a tax in another form Mm -hmm. And it ends up stifling innovation and entrepreneurs that really want to go out and, and work, that right. want to maybe start a new business, but because of Dodd-Frank or because of, of Obamacare, they can't afford it. Or, exactly. or they, they can't get that, that loan because they don't have the capital. We've gotten into a, uh, uh, an environment where we, we have one-size-fits-all regulations that apply to, to everybody. And, and that's not the way that, that they need to be. We, we've... we've gotten into a point where LA and New York and Chicago, th those places with big, big representation and populations can really push their own agenda. <coughs> and, uh, and that, and that's created a, that, that scenario of let's regulate and over-regulate. And, that, and that's really hurting us from, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, just, and it, I think about it this way sometimes. What is necessary for regulation of Wall Street banks is not the same as what community banks need. No. And when you affect, when you do that on a community bank, then that that impacts the other businesses in town, their the farmers, the ranchers, everybody that that's that that's going to them for a loan. Yes. Um, so that it's. So I 
you know, and then we can get in the environmental regulations, transportation issues. I mean, there, there are a number of things where if we could roll back these regulations that aren't necessary, they're just somebody else's pet project, mm -hmm. then we create a, a better business environment, a better cultural environment for the Texas panhandle, for the state of Texas and our country, I think. Exactly. Uh, and, and through what we've done in response to COVID-19. We've seen easing of a number of those regulations, and now we've established precedent to where when I'm elected and we go to Washington and talk about these things, we, we have examples of, well, we did it, and the sky didn't fall. That's and right. We did it, and we actually were more productive. Yes. So I think I, I see that as another one of these what I call bright spots during this this pandemic that we, we've proven that we can do these things and not create a situation that's going to be negative. Instead, it's going to be beneficial for our country. Exactly. And even like you were saying, when you were working in Washington, uh, visiting with constituents, and their main message was just get off of our back. Right. When we can cut people loose and let them be who they are, there's a lot of greatness, right. you know, let them run. So I'm, I'm excited about that too. And that's not something that I had thought of actually. So that's a great point that this could have some positive impacts long-term. And then, so we talked about my stance on abortion and, and that, and I, I consider that a cultural social issue, very important to me. Uh, we talked through that. I think there are other scenarios where we, we, we feel the, We've got the, the coasts yeah. pushing their agenda on us, and, and we need somebody that's that's strong that can push back on those things. And and representing us, our district, somebody that knows us and knows what we believe in, to, to continue to push back on that. And, I, and I've done that from my job at Cattle Feeders, where I've been pushing back, back against the Green New Deal and these, these environmental regulations, these tax regulations and policies that have come out to where... Which some of this, they tried to just get in this exactly. COVID package. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they, they tried to, to lump in anything they could into that package. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and truthfully, they got in more than they should have. Oh, yes. But, uh, but we were able to keep a lot of it out. And um, I thank the president's leadership for that. Uh, but I have experience doing that, too. I guess mm -hmm. is where I was going. So having somebody that knows us and has that experience, I think, would be beneficial for, for our, our district and our state. And then the last issue that I wanted to bring up was just, we've got all this other stuff going on, but we can't lose sight of one of the other main things. And that is the, the main job of the federal government is to uh, defend and protect our country. So we have yes. to maintain a strong military and we have to secure our border. We've got to finish building the wall and keep the drug dealers from coming in here, the human traffickers from being able to exploit their people or our people. Um, we just need to, to be able to know who's coming into our country and, and when they're coming in and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's the first step and then reform our immigration system overall. A lot of the people that are here without documents now uh, or that are here illegally were here legally at one point. They had documents. They overstayed their visa. Now we don't know who they are, where they are, or what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I think we've got to, that, that's got to be one of the other first things we deal with. I think that is also something that with this virus, I think we may have some more room right. with that right. as well because now people are like, oh, maybe we really should right. protect the borders. Right. Yeah, that is a good 
point and certainly an issue that's very important to Texas. Right. We talked a little bit about some characteristics that you feel like make you the best person for our district. Um, the, a couple that I think we've touched on is that you are from the Panhandle, Spearman, and now uh, near Canyon in Randall County, um, and also that you've worked in government and policy and with constituents. And is there anything else that you want people to know about you as a characteristic or experience that will benefit? Yeah, I, I would guess I would say that like a lot of people in a, in a rural community, uh, you know, I had a lot, of, a lot of different jobs that taught me a lot of things. Um, I, I was the night janitor at the, at the hospital and nursing home in Spearman. I worked for the county one summer patching potholes with hot mix, which may have been the worst job I ever had. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I worked for farmers and ranchers and um, through, you know, just people that I knew. Uh, and, and I think that's important because I, I learned how to work. Mm-hmm. But I also learned how to think. I learned how to listen. And I think one of the things that that, that is most important for whoever's going to be our next rep- representative is to listen to the concerns of the constituents that, the job is not congressman, and that's not what I'm running for. I'm running to be a representative. Mm-hmm. And you can only represent somebody if you actually know who they are and what they believe in. So you've got to listen, you've got to learn, and then you've got to be able to, to stand up and advocate on behalf of your constituency. So mm-hmm. that's something that I've done throughout my career. Uh, it's something that I can continue to do. And one of the decisions that Jenny and I made early on was that we're not moving to Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I want my kids to be raised in Randall County to have the same opportunities that I had, uh, going to a school here in our culture with our values, uh, and not raised in the suburbs of Maryland or Virginia where they don't have the same opportunities to show cattle or, or you know, we talked about our, our homeschooling the other day from the, yes. you know, the home ec project and the... Uh, biology lesson we had when we had a calf born. Yes. Uh, so, and you know, the kids learned something that they wouldn't have learned in classroom. Sure. You know, they got to see it hands on. Now they had seen it before, but we got a little more in detail, more detailed with the description. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so learn that, but uh, but you know, I also want my kids to, to still be part of of and, and us to be part of our church. We oh. love our church. We love this community and being part of it. Um, and continuing to have those opportunities to, to serve our community locally, but also to serve the community uh, as a representative in Washington is is really why I think that I'm, I'm the best person to 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 fill this job, to, to do this job, and, and to be the the representative, the advocate for our district and the constituents of this district. Well, I love that, and just. Um... Your ease at what I would would describe as being able to relate and communicate with many different types of people uh, from all different kinds of backgrounds, from where you grew up in small town Spearman to uh, doing all that you've done in Washington and, and here. It's just really um, a blessing to us to have you as our neighbor and our friend and, and would be a blessing to have you representing us in Congress. So thank, thank you. you for... I know this is not an easy thing to do on on a regular year, right. but much less in the midst of the coronavirus. That's true. Um, 
but your family too making right. a sacrifice. I just want to thank them for what they're doing too. Thank you, and I want to thank them too. I mean, my I couldn't do it without a supportive wife like my like my wife Jenny. I mean, she's, she's awesome. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she really is. She's great. She's great, and and like Jenny, uh, one of the other things I was going to say is to make me the most effective representative possible is that. I told you that, that I need to have that interaction with constituents and be able to listen to them. And, and you and I know that people around here are not bashful. No. And they're going to come up and tell you when you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. And I, and that, I, I thrive on that. I want that feedback because that, again, that, that makes you more effective and lets you know that you're doing the job that you were sent there to do. And representing the people you're exactly. supposed to. That's right. Well, if people would like to contact you with questions or to lend their support, what would be the best way for them? Sure. Uh, we have a website that has a, a portal to do just that. We also have some additional information on policy stances. And uh, you can find that at uh, joshweingarner.com. joshweingarner.com. And we'll put that in the comment section when we post this podcast as Very well. Good. Well, I just want to thank you for taking time to come over and and spend some time with us. And uh, that means a lot to me and to the people that we serve. So thank you. Well, I want to thank you for all of your service. I mean, what you do isn't easy either. And and it's it's powerful and impactful. and And I very much appreciate everything that you do and that Hope Choice does. Well, thank you. And I just believe that if we all stand where the Lord's asked us to stand, that we can see some incredible things happen. Well, would you mind if I close this in a prayer? Please. Okay. God, I just thank you so much for Josh and Jenny and their family. God, I thank you for their commitment to you and to just be obedient to what you ask of them. And so, God, we just speak blessings over them, God. Thank you for health. Thank you that you provide their every need, Lord. And thank you that you will grant him favor, wisdom, and influence everywhere that he goes, God. We just ask that your will would be done in his life and in his family's life and with this election. And we just say, God, in the midst of every unusual circumstance, including this crazy virus, God, we trust you and we turn our eyes towards you. And we thank you, God, for what you mean in our lives. Uh, We just thank you for this time. And we love you, Lord. We love you first and we love you most. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Josh. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.